You are listening to the 312 Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Kuba. My name is Nick Sperry. And I'm Crispy. And this week, we're going to discuss the Nova Open, the B-Wing Stigma, and our thoughts on scenario fatigue. But first, Nick, you have uh, we got some news from AMG that you're going to want to uh, get into. Yeah, Atomic Mass Games released a transmission about X-Wing. We don't often get um, a lot of these, uh, you know, articles uh, solely about X-Wing. But this one is, uh, you know, I think to many people, maybe not a big surprise. Essentially doubling down on um, some some hard set rules when it comes to your world's invite. Uh, As they say here in the article I have in front of me, as listed inside the store championship kits, these events require a 16 player minimum. Tournaments must have 16 unique active players for the winner to receive an invite to Worlds. Uh, Events with less than 16 may award all physical prizes in the kit, but the invite on the championship card will not be valid. So I know that some folks in more rural, less densely populated areas where X-Wing tournaments draw less than 16, fortunately, those Worlds worlds invites will not be uh, granted to, to those folks, even if maybe the tournament started at 16, but you dropped before the event started, um, because that happens. So just yeah. something to keep in mind. I'm, I, I think some people are freaking out about, um, what they mentioned actually later on in this article, which is that too many kits were distributed. So the implications around that, I think some folks think that they won't be able to actually purchase a ticket, even if they earned a world's invite. I would strongly urge you all to, you know, back off away from that cliff. I think it's going to be fine. If you earned your world's invite, you'll have a chance to uh, to play and buy that ticket to play in worlds. Um, Crispy, what are your thoughts on on this? Do you have any any first reaction? Um, yeah, so I think because they did a uh, they did an updated uh transmission right like they put an initial thing out talking about the store champ kits and then they put an update out um where they answered some questions yeah because at first like they had just like uh, a tweet saying that basically 16 was the minimum and now this is like a more official document that's kind of come out yeah um so i think the initial backlog like the initial reaction um is a lot of people who you know their communities can only pull out, you know, 12, 13, 14, and they bought a store kit in hopes for, you know, someone in their community to be able to go to Worlds, right? And not having to just send everyone into the LCQ, mm-hmm. um, which we also just still haven't heard any news about. So it is, you know, having a Worlds invite through your store championship, um, you know, provides a lot of security. It, you know, it makes you figure out if you're actually going to go to Adepticon or not. Um, so that was sort of the main thing where, you know, they put out this announcement and all of these people that had tournaments with like 13 or 14 people who had emailed AMG and said, hey, like, you know, we tried, we got as many people out as we could. Is this still valid? And, you know, AMG was sort of, t- I, I'm not going to say entirely accepting, but they were at least taking into consideration the exception, right? And then this, then this transmission came out and everyone thought that those... Like AMG was essentially blacklisting all of them, saying all you know, all of those store championships are null and void. Um, and then the updated one did talk about um, you know, contact them if you have yeah. uh, any questions or anything like that. So I, I think it's fair to say that I don't think you should expect because, like, like of course, there's like a line in the sand. Whether we can argue whether that's a proper line or not. The store champ says for 16, 
Um, I like. I, I think communities should not expect if they have less than sixteen to get the invite. But I would hope that AMG honors it if the store shows that they put through a lot of effort to get a reasonable and you know wide store champ like as big as they could. Yeah, I, I yeah, would agree they, with that take. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. They they mention they do mention that they will you know you can you can reach out to them you can email them. Um, their the email that they mentioned for making an exception. Um, is I believe it's op at atomicmassgames.com. Let me just double check that. They have that listed a couple times. It is. So it doesn't mean they will make an exception, but if there is a situation where maybe you had one person dropping out of 15 player events, there, there are chances that they could take a look at that and, and maybe um, reconsider and allow you to you know keep your invite. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of question marks for sure. I, I think the only thing that we can really... The only thing that I could really stress to people is that if you have your invite and you want it fair and square, you 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 are almost hundred percent going to be okay. Like, oh, the chances that I get shut out. If you if you don't want to play at Worlds and don't want to go, then you won't be able to play. But if you want to go and you're going to make the effort to go and you have your Worlds invite, then you'll be able to play. I I, I just do not see them turning people away. I think they're going to have to reevaluate how many tables and seats they they have. Um, and if they even do an LCQ, depending on how many of these uh, store champ kits were sent out, because apparently Asmodee sent out too many. I don't know how many too many, but too yeah, many. <laughs> that's kind of kind of a weird line for them to draw there. Yeah, a I mean, why even mention under it? the bus a little bit? It's yeah, a little yeah, interesting. yeah. It, 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 it's not my problem, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, last thing before we move on, for those of you who do have your world's invite. There, AMG doesn't know who has their world's invite yet, but they're working on a form that you can uh, submit to validate your world's invite. That isn't available yet. Just stay tuned. They will let you know. We will let you know when that form is available. They say in this article they're working on it. Um, as long as you have that card and you got your name signed and there is an event link that they can validate that you played an illegal event, you're fine. Like You have that ticket in your hand. I have it on my shelf. My little name crappily scribbled on it. You'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, just hold on to that. Don't lose it. It's the golden ticket. So, so yeah. Um, but we're going to keep an ear out for more news and information on that. Uh, but we can move on to our next segment, talking about B-Wings. Uh, so we're going to be doing a little break it or buy it. Uh, and the B-Wings that we want to showcase here today, I think I want to pick the ones that don't see a lot of play. And... Uh, we're going to see where we can do. So the rules are um, we can each pick one ship and uh, we'll also ask like uh, if they're going to be able to buy it at a certain price, if you want the point cost to go down on it, or uh, if you can break it, keep it at its per- current point cost. But what would you add to make it more playable? And um, you know, Nick, uh, I can start off throw it to you of, uh, of all the three that we got. Netrum, Braylon and Gina. Yeah, so the B-Wing, uh, B-Wing is one of the most beloved ships in Star Wars and, mm-hmm. and fans of X-Wing. However, in terms of its results and its performance and its ability to stay alive in the game of X-Wing these days, it is not beloved by us. It's actually mocked and memed quite often. Uh, the, the B-Wing is, uh, I mean, it's, it's in, it finds itself caught in a meta where the damage race is, the ceiling is so high and the floor has been raised very high. 
um, the the ability to compensate for its one agility, you know, you know, poor dial, uh, its ability to double tap should usually has in the past compensated for that. But right now we're not seeing it. So in terms of the pilots that you mentioned, uh, I think I'm going to take let's take I'll take Netrum. So Netrum Pollard. Um, I'll, first, I'll, I'll read you guys off the B-Wing just so you can visualize with me with the B-Wing, the stat line and dial is real quick. So the B-Wing has three attack, one agility, four hull, and four shields. It has a one hard that's red, a one bank that's blue, and a one straight that's blue, as well as one talon rolls, which is very unique. Only, I think, one other ship, I believe, has that on their dial in this game. A white two hard, a white two bank, a two straight blue, and a two K-turn. And then three banks that are red, a three straight blue, and a four straight red, and nothing else. No 4K, no 5K. That is it. So uh, Netrum is initiative three. His ability reads, after you barrel roll, you may choose one friendly ship that is not stressed at range zero to one. That ship gains one stress token. Then you rotate 180 degrees. So I pick Netrum because... As you guys remember, when 2.5 first kind of got unveiled and we had that first Adepticon a year ago, Netrum was in almost every Rebel list, and Rebels were almost 50% of the field. Uh, he was four points, and he was just a great uh, piece of firepower that filled a list of five to seven ships. Yeah, really unexpected ability, too. Like, you can, yeah. you can catch people with that. So, break it or buy it? I am going to say buy it. At three points, instead of the four that he costs now, with almost no loadout, I would. He has ten loadout now. I would allow him to take like fire control system and maybe a talent for one or two points. So like four or five loadout max. Oh, three, you know, three point viewings. That sounds well. Hey guys, we got we got we got four point arc one seventies, so we can have one three point low initiative viewing. They get initiative killed very easily, and you know, and there's a lot of things going against them right now. Yeah, I would say like with some of the bombers that are that are coming out, like that are sitting at three points, I think that that would be definitely fair to have a three point B wing just with way less loadout. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of one agility, eight health ships that are at um, three points. I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, we have Y wings and we have the HMPs. Yeah, who can still put out a lot of offense um, with missiles. So I think just like make sure that. Uh, Netrum doesn't have like doesn't have access to a great double tap ability. I would say give him four loadout. So like if you really want to go for it, you can give him proton cannons and try <laughs> to line up the bullseye at I three with your lock. Right. right. Yeah. Um, you do that. You earned so it. So crispy. Are you <laughs> buying it at three as well? I I would buy it at three. Okay. I th I think three four is uh like you know three dash four is a great spot for Netrum. Um, because you know if you and like, like like you said, you could just take like what, like FCS selfless or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, make it that's a, like that's fine. You know, you know what I really want to see that, that. What's nice about this conversation about this idea is that it would encourage players in a really strong faction right now to consider playing different lists. Yeah, because right, I was thinking like if 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 Netrum were to go down to three, like then that is in contention for you know uh, taking wedge in the A wing or. Uh, like if so I was running yeah. on or yeah, whole Oaken maybe, you know, mm -hmm. at, at, at three points. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, should we throw it over to Crispy to do the next pilot? Yeah, so you can pick a pilot. Uh, we've got uh, Gina and we've got Braylon Strom. Uh, I'll take Gina. Uh, so Gina is an I-5 B-Wing. Uh, her ability is at the start of the engagement phase, you must transfer one of your stress tokens to another friendly ship at range 0 to 2. Um, so she has 11 loadout. She has talent, sensor, double cannons, torp, uh, a bomb slot, and a mod slot. So she has a lot of uh, uh, upgrade slots, not a ton of loadout. Um, I think I would break her by putting her up to 20 loadout. Ooh. For four points? For you four keep points. the cost the same. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go down to three on an i five. I think that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, because that's very just, interesting. Twenty points. So, what are you thinking? You're filling uh, up every slot almost. So, I for you know for a four pointer who is throwing stress on other ships, whether they want it or not, uh, I'm gonna want proton torpedoes on her. Um, she's gonna, she's a good i five ship. She'll walk up, she'll lock someone, she'll throw proton torpedoes at I-5. Uh, and then with the rest of her loadout, uh, I would give her FCS, proton cannons, and what? That's what, a two-point upgrade? Uh, so maybe like marksmanship or something, or hope? You know what, I'll give her hopeful. How about that? Let, let her boost around. Yeah, and it's interesting you. So, like, I think the knee-jerk reaction for most people, maybe when they hear you say, uh, give her 20 loadout is, oh, well, she, you know, four points is such a value piece for 20 loadout. It doesn't matter. It's a B-Wing. So, um, yeah, Gina's I-5. But the, that ability is is pretty tough on most Rebel ships, uh, throwing a stress over to somebody and having to do so. It's, it's not mm -hmm. so clever like Hollow is or where you can kind of be more calculated. Gina can kind of end up, you know, giving somebody a panic pilot because she ends up in that position and has to give the stress to somebody who's already stressed who maybe bumped and had to focus or whatever with that, uh, stress. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I, she would become quite a force to be reckoned with and just in terms of her uh, damage capabilities. Uh, mm -hmm. But you could shoot at her three times and she would go down. Two or three times and she'd go down. So. Yeah, and I mean, with like nothing really defensive on her, um, you can just like dive right in there. Like she'll get like one probably final shot at range one. Um, yeah. but for four points, I still think that that's a good, good buy for you. Um, yeah, just she's because... already four, right? And she's not getting yeah. played. So it, that means it's not enough. It means that even though she's cheap already, it's not, it's not enough. So I, I agree with that. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah. Oh no, I absolutely agree. I think that'd be a really fun ship to fly. Honestly. Yeah. I used to play when I, I, I was casually, it was like Gina Moonsong and and Ezra Bridger in the gauntlet just because I painted the gauntlet and I just bought it and spent a lot of money on it. It's like, I got to play it right. You like, yeah. you take it to the game store. It's the best place to you know showcase it. And you throw the stress over to Ezra and he uses his ability. It's cute. You know, <laughs> it's whatever, <laughs> but yeah. Andrew, we got one more pilot. Take it away. Yeah. So Braylon Strom. Now this is five points. Most, one of the most expensive B wings uh, for an I four. Uh, and it says, while you defend or perform an attack, if you are stressed, you may re-roll up to two of your dice. So pretty powerful ability there. Um, 
it's a it's something where you know you you want to be stressed, but it it kind of gives you a uh, a free target lock there. Um, and it really wants you to use like those uh, the the um, those red maneuvers where you could you know maybe focus into a barrel roll. So a little bit AC at like I four. This one is is tricky for me. I'm going to go if it's going to cost five points, which I, I get because you have the ability to to have a double modded shot, which is pretty powerful for this. You could one, buy it at a lower price. I, I don't think I I, th- I think breaking it is going to be. A better might be a better use uh, uh, with Braylon. I mean, I so I disagree, but I'm curious to hear why. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, maybe buying it at a lower price is prop is probably the the better way to go. It's, it's the same cost as Luke. Yeah, no. Um, and I mean, at five points, it's going to that that would have to be like your linchpin piece. Four points, you can kind of fill it out with like a combo. But yeah, with that with that twelve at. Yeah, I mean, at four points, maybe 12 loadout, because this does not want to take torpedoes. You don't really care about getting the target lock. You really want the focus and then the stress. Yeah, the double mods. It's not, yeah, I mean, even at 12 points, it's not going to be, it's not going to be getting, like, outmaneuver or anything crazy like that. The only thing, uh, uh, I think it might be uh, cute if you could maybe put juke on it and do the the barrel roll into the red evade, um, but I think you're just going to be doing that that focus barrel roll uh, as a flanker. So yeah, I mean, if I could take maybe take this down to four points, I think that would be a lot more playable. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, so crispy, what's the what's the biggest issue with Braylon when you fly him? Because I think we all 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 B wing players know what his problem is. Versus ten, who doesn't have this issue? What what is it? Uh, I mean, his issue is that he has to be stressed during every engagement, which means that he is locked into his blue maneuvers every right. round. Mm-hmm. Can't get turned around. He is like the ghost, but in a small base. Like it is tough yeah. to get turned around once you're in the scrum. Um, yeah, Braylon really, really thrived in X Wing version 2.0 um, because it was just he was just that game was built purely around the value of each individual piece making up a list. Now we have other factors. B-wings aren't very good with a uh, scenario play uh, outside of assault at the satellite array and chance, which yeah, is 50% of your scenarios. They, they can't help you with taking scenario actions. I mean, they can sure they can try to take a crate, but it's usually futile because of the way, you know, one agility works with RNG. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they're kind of caught in between right now. They don't really have an easy place. And Braylon at five, it just kind of stinks. Um, him being that expensive, I, I, I definitely agree that him going down would make sense. He should be the same price as Gina. He's initiative four. He's not even a yeah, five. five. Five is a risk. Um, yeah, I mean, because Braylon's not even a ship that really wants that much loadout. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't need it. It's the more the better. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would even argue dropping him to four and adding another two or three points. I don't think it makes yeah. that. I don't think it ends up really busting him in a way uh, that's unfair. Yeah, I mean, you still yeah. play him the same. Yeah, again, let's you know, let's get people thinking about list building with other pieces besides the same four or five choices. I think that's always good. Yeah, because I mean, at four points too, you can even though it's an I four, you can still fit that with other I fives and I sixes. Also, at four points in in Rebels, still have a have a 
decent list. Yeah. So, Crispy, would you say, like, in terms of, besides, let's just take the outlier of the ARC-170s out of the equation really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What One agility in this game right now, and let's take Han out of the equation because he's IS-6 and double taps and is insane. <laughs> what, what, what are, what's, what's, how do you look, how do you look at one agility ships in the game right now competitively? Um, I think that in a, like, they, they fall under the umbrella of, like, arc-like. So, like, if arcs are in the meta and Han is the meta, and I'm thinking to myself, I need to counter those guys, I'm going to bring Plasma Torps. I'm going to bring, like, Notorious that strains you down to zero defense dice. All of those weapons are really good against arcs, and then just coincidentally also good against every one agility ship in the game. So if the meta is teching against arcs, the B-Wings just fall under the same category. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm bringing Plasmas to hit arcs and Magpuls, the, the, the B-Wings are going to feel the exact same reaction. They just don't have um, the back arc. They don't have any of the passive mods or born for this to protect themselves. You mentioned um, Y-Wings earlier, too. Which, you know, yeah. the poor Y-Wing, man. I don't, when we're talking about break it or buy it, I don't know. Throw it away right now, unless it's Holoken. I, it's just tough. Like, I... Uh, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. Lima, Lima is holding up scum almost entirely by herself. Yeah. Um, and Arlie's, Arlie's is okay. I have tested him a couple times, but even then, it's just like your I4, your one agility, you will be gone by the third engagement. And the two shields to six hole ratio, you can take yeah. a just a, a, a finishing crit, something that turns you off before you even get a chance to do any work and yep. damage. Um, and then, yeah, just like ion cannons are prevalent. Um, ion tech is prevalent. Magpul's yeah. as you mentioned, pa- plasmas. It's just spike damage that just just feasts on one and zero agility ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to the audience, I'll just pose it to all you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed our this was our first segment. A break or buy it's something that we're looking forward to to uh, incorporating into future episodes. If you have any ideas of other uh, chassis you'd like to talk about uh, that are standard legal. Heck, we could even go into extended at some point. But for now, we'll focus on standard. Uh, let us know. Give us a shout, and we'll definitely take a look. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that, uh, especially if you have like pilots that you want to see more of um, or that you uh, kind of wish were still in, let us know those too. Well, let's move on to talking. Speaking of the meta, we had a big event just happen. We had the Nova open in uh, the D.C. area this past weekend of, as of when we recorded this episode. And we had two days of Swiss and a second day slash top cut day. Before we jump into talking about what we've noticed and trends and all that good stuff, Crispy, our guest today, he won last year's Nova open, which, again, even though it's been a year, I'm going to give you a little bit of a round of applause because that's still a pretty big deal. Yeah, Murderers Row true. getting there and you you played incredibly well. Um, so, so crispy, I got it real quick. Just a couple of questions for you. The first, my first question is what was, what was your experience like at Nova? Like, what was that event like overall? You know, did you enjoy it outside of playing incredibly well? And, uh, what are things that you noticed from last year, uh, that are different from this year, um, in terms of the event structure slash, you know, what um, yeah. So last year, uh, I think this was the big, the first big X-Wing trip that I went on sort of by myself. Um, all the other big events, like, like Gen Con was generally the world qualifier. 
um, that I had gone to in past years. Uh, but that was, you know, like my family was on the trip and, you know, it, it was a whole big thing for Gen Con for all of us. So we would go. Uh, but this is the first time that I actually went by myself for an X Wing trip, which is very interesting. Um, I did manage to sort of room up with some other guys that were, you know, from my store. So I wasn't like entirely like alone and didn't know anyone. And by that point, you know, I had like won some tournaments online at that point. So like people knew me um, and like Greg, Greg Kosh was there and, you know, we spent like most of the weekend together. Um, so I never felt, you know, entirely alienated. Uh, and I was flying chaff bombers, so I felt, <laughs> I felt pretty, pretty good. Oh, I'm a bygone error. What was the list again? Without really going too deep into it, but what was the list? Just you know, graze over it. Yeah, so it was Kylo and the Whisper, uh, Malaris in the Tie Fighter, Scorch Tie Fighter, and then Dread and Grudge in the Bombers, uh, both with uh, Electro Chaff missiles and proximity mines. Mm, spicy man. Very, very nasty yeah, stuff. Master, a master class on how to get have the bombers do. Whatever you want to your opponent, you did. You, you really plugged them up. You did a nice job. Um, and especially taking Ray out, Duncan Howard's Ray in top four. It was a pretty impressive game. See, uh, you know, I don't mind. I do not like Ray. So seeing what you did to Ray was pretty dope. <laughs> I was a fan. <laughs> um, I was just so what, excited when those bombers came out. Those were so, those are still are. so much fun to fly. Besides the fact that you have to take them off their base every yeah, time they get close to something. Big. Pretty awesome. That, honest, honestly, I think that's one of the biggest problems with just FO is all of their ships just keep Spokes getting tangled into other people. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is we need more printed ships for foe that yeah. have smaller <laughs> bases. Give me the tie Dorito AMG. Yeah, I've been yeah. needing a new ship. No, I'm serious, dude. That's a new faction, bro. That's the new like Sith, fa the new new era Sith faction or whatever they called it. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. So I don't even remember what they called it. Uh, Final Sith order. Troopers. Final order. The final order. The first order. <laughs> final order. They have one chassis. It's the Tide Dorito. That's right. <laughs> so, crispy. What is it like winning a like not not just like winning a tournament, but like what is it like winning an event? Like what is that feeling like? Could you process it? Like could you believe that you just won an entire tournament like that? Uh, that scale? I mean, I didn't really like feel anything until like I got back to the hotel. Like after the award ceremony, I was just sort of in a like state of shock because like it's it's not like like your first instinct after you win something, right? It's just, you know, jump up and down and go, yes, yes. But you can't really do that when like you just shook hands with your opponent and he's standing right there. And um, so like I had all that energy packed up and I really just wanted to let it out. But Katoff, Katoff's a fantastic player, awesome guy to play yeah. with. Like we had such a chill um like hilarious final game like i think at one point if you like watch gsp's uh stream back there's like six hands on the table while we're trying to place an electro chaff underneath ray underneath a y-wing that's on top of a thermal um <laughs> where it's, it's just an octopus of arms uh yeah. on the table and we're just standing back just laughing at the whole thing um but no it was like like after the game was over um, like I talked to Kate off about, Hey, um, you know, here's my thoughts on the game. You know, like, I'm not going to like criticize you too much, but like, don't joust chaff bombers again. Um, <laughs> just, just some general advice. Um, and then I don't know. I, I just sort of went back to my hotel and, uh, call, I called my parents, uh, cause they, 
watched uh, they watched it on stream and were very excited for me and they wanted to see all the cool stuff that I got. Yeah, that's so that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, so I have links for for us to to look at the Friday Saturday Swiss and then the top cut. Um, yeah. Andrew, I'd love for you if you don't mind uh, opening up the Friday Swiss and we could talk about um, maybe the the top four to six list that we see on on that breakdown of List Fortress. We can kind of talk about what we see um, there. I'll take Saturday and then. Um, Crispy, we'll have you do the top cut breakdown. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. This is this is a very similar list to what I brought to uh, Gen Con, which is uh, Resistance, uh, Elo Asti, Plasma Torpedoes with Integrated S Foils, Ferrosphere Paint, uh, Lulo Lampar, Shield Upgrade, Ferrosphere Paint, Marksmanship, Temin Wexley. Uh, I'm going to guess the uh, the Snap Wexley version, Integrated S-Foils, R68 with Ferrisphere Paint and Heroic. Uh, Kazuda Ziono with Kaz's Fireball, Tardin Computer, False Transponder Codes, and Jessica Pava, Integrated S-Foils, BB Astromech with Ferrisphere Paint. And this is a list that is designed to uh, beat Han uh, and, and the Republic lists. It wants to joust him and uh, just throw... 15 red dice or as many red dice as possible at um, big low agility things and it's really yeah. good at doing that and two things real quick one kazuda also had notorious and the oh. second thing is the snap wexley variant i believe is five points so it would not fit so this is the oh, one okay. that gives you the, the free the free boost temen yeah. i think this is no. the one that you brought to gen Con. yeah yeah that is yeah. That, i thought that's the snap one is the one that gives you the free boost that is the snap one yeah oh, okay then then i'm wrong I'm, I, I, I'm I mean, no, you were right. It is the free boost one, though. I mean, we're all right. Okay, Everyone's we're all right. right. Cool. I got it confused. But yeah, we're, the we're, good. we're good. We're good. Look, we're this, good. Is what, this is what happens when you print multiple uh, pilots oh, yeah, with right. the same, <laughs> with different abilities. It's different names. It's same names yeah. with different names, different yeah. abilities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah congrats to Ryan. I mean, you went undefeated. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, this list has everything. It has every initiative, pretty much. You can cover that range. You have Lulo at I-5 and Elo at I-5, Temmins and I-4, and so is Kaz. Jess is the uh, only outlier at lower initiative. But lots of staying power. I mean, you know, Jessica is And all the great paint, at, man. Yeah. Oh. Bad for paint across the list mm-hmm. is tough. I mean, that's how you punish Evader, right? Just yeah. give him no good options to lock you. Yeah. Uh, and the one person that doesn't have Fer- Ferrosphere paint is Kaz, who has codes. So... Yep. I mean, like, like, it, like this is very anti-lock and a lot of lists and a lot of sort of meta pieces right now. Like, you know, just boy Luke, boy Vader, right there. Yeah, that's um, a good too. Yeah, like require locks in order to sort of push out the high damage that they're expecting. Um, and if you sort of punish them for that, like, sure, like they can still take a lock and get stressed, but then Luke's not four Kang behind you on the next turn um, and shooting another proton torpedo at you. Um, and then like like Vader also can't like 4K behind you, so that gives you the opportunity for like like Elo to three like white three talon behind Vader while he's stressed because you know that he's gonna be running away um, for the turn that could give could give you a free uh, like plasma torp shot on him while he's still trying to clear his stress. Yeah, and that's nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this list is is really good i think it, it's the 5t70 version i think this proves that the 5t70 version of the you know resistance list that people have built is 
not adequate enough, but having a little bit of you have the A wing in there, you've got the fireball, and then you still have your your strength with Elo, Temin, and Jess as well in the T seventies. So just yeah. good coverage for Ryan and you, you codes and uh, false transponder codes and paint, as you mentioned with Vader and Luke, makes it really difficult. And um, they could box you in, and then it's ter- hard to take them down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're and they're chunky enough too, where. Um, even if you chew into one of them, they, they can still even try to run away. And it's even harder to chase them with those target locks um, if you're taking stress. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to first order. Uh, Commander Mal... And this is Cody. Uh, and then Commander Malrus with uh, Mag Pulse Warheads. Uh, Blackout in the Silencer, Proton Rockets, Sensor Scramblers, and Lone Wolf. Mm-hmm. Rush, Silencer, Advanced Optics, Predator, and Fanatical. Uh, Kylo Ren, uh, uh, Protopedio Sensor Scramblers, Marksmanship, Silencer. and Maneuver. Yeah, I'm saying that's the uh. version. But this is a, a four-ship list, yeah. which uh, is, is a little more rare these days. We they see a lot of five, but it's, it's an efficient list uh, and one that can spread out pretty well, uh, forcing your opponent to kind of pick a target. And... Um, I think it, it allows silencers. kind of everyone else to dive in on you. Yeah, I would yeah. say, I mean, uh, Crispy, we got one of the foremost FO players here. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you making of this? Uh, so Cody loves the silencers. I, I know Cody very well. Um, oh, I, I have tried to pull him to the whispers. Uh, he he will not uh, relinquish the silencers, which I, I it, it's admirable. Yeah. Um, I've been flying. I think I think that this uh, Kylo build is um, very, very solid. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, I think I've, I think I've played against someone with this sort of Kylo build before, um, where you have the proton torpedoes and you also have the extreme maneuvers. So you have both the uh, capability to do high damage from distance and also get in there and knife fight um, with the range one with the uh, with your force. Um, it's it's a very very nasty build. Yeah, extreme um, maneuvers is, is just so good at getting you yeah. back into the fights. Yeah, hard to run away from that. Yeah, um, the ability to flank on that is uh, very, very, um, very fast. Uh, like, uh, like you know, if you put Kylo off in a corner and your opponent decides we're not going to deal with him and we're going to put everyone else on the far side, I'm the decloak into the five straight into the hard turn. Um, yeah. You are zooming into it's the center board. of the board. It's half uh, and you're going to get those proton torpedo. Like there is no ship that can hide from Kylo. Well, and if you go into Kylo, Blackout's got kind of the same thing. So, yep, yep. You're... Yeah, the Prockets with Lone Wolf, so you can basically corner both of them on opposite sides, and they can be on their own. Yep. Um, yeah, that, it, that it, it's interesting. I would imagine he spreads them out a little bit. Like there is no yeah. like it's like each corner and then two in the middle ish part of the board. Like Rush. And and, yeah. and Malrus are probably closer to the middle of the board. Yeah, yeah. Rush and Malrus are fine, sort of ramming them up the middle because if your opponent mm-hmm. decides to focus on Malrus, they're like it could just like nothing could happen if they just shoot at Malrus and she just keeps rolling and her ability just keeps saving her. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start it, once you start you know shooting into Rush and you get him up to I six, now he's a real threat. So oh, you sort yeah. of just want to leave him at I two. Um, he has optics, predator, fanatical. Like you, like he becomes very, very dangerous once he gets to I six and he's able to line up uh, that bullseye more often on you. 
So sometimes you just leave him at I2 and just ignore him for as much as you can, um, which sort of just lets him dive in there and just do what he needs to do. He can go for blocks. He can go for uh, range one shots. He can just run in and grab an objective and your opponent doesn't want to shoot at him um, because he only gets worse if they continue to do that. Yeah, it's true. We got a rebel sighting for number three. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the standard. I, I mean, I would call this uh, one of the two standard rebel, rebel builds uh, yep. that's shaken up the meta, uh, starting with Han Solo. And this is a uh, not vomit sure. blood. Yeah, vomit blood. Or who the vomit blood? Is that Andrew Bolduck? You'll have to verify that. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. But it's uh, yeah. No, no worries. I uh, um, Han Solo, perceptive co-pilot, chopper, Biston engine upgrade and millennium falcon uh we got the fen rao variant uh with crack shot predator beskar reinforced plating uh with keo venzi with juke uh and luke skywalker uh i'm going to guess the battle, battle of, of yavin yeah yep uh, otherwise you'd have upgrades yeah this is this is the build this is the version of the rebels that uh I, I would take because I think it beats the um, Wedge A-Wing Keo um, Sabine uh, build. Yep. Um, but the key, like if, if you know, so I, I would take this if I expect to see that build happening a lot um, with Rebel. Uh, getting those extra I-6 pieces in there. And um, Keo with, with Juke is some, you know, we see her with a couple of different builds. Juke is great just because you're taking that evade anyway. You already have that right. force, um, and you can still run around, do objectives and stay alive. Uh, with the four ship variant, you want Keo to stay. Al- it's more important that Keo stays alive. Yeah. Not really sac- sacrificing your damage output. Um, so we, no. the other variant of Keo is, is proton rockets, but right. this one, it makes sense to be taking the evades because then you're basically a bait piece that is hard to take down. Yeah, and and at, at when when you have a four ship list too, I mean, I, I would it, it's more imperative that because Keo is going to be doing your objectives for you. Yeah, a lot of see. Um, I, I mean, I man, I see Keo with Juke a lot, and I the probably the scariest versions of Keo that I've seen is Lone Wolf Concussion Missile. Um, I like having that, that, that. Yeah, I I I I personally think that 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 build is stronger than with juke uh it really depends on how you fly it like if you want keo to just run up the middle and be annoying and just you know create space for your bigger pieces then like juke is fine because your primary action is going to be evade um mm-hmm. but the issue with that is you know if you get shot at and you lose your evade you just have no upgrades for the turn mm-hmm. um you, your only mod on offense is your single force so you have no assist like if you just roll poorly nothing happens and your opponent like like juke is a very um specific trigger where you you need to actually be able to have hits your opponent needs to roll evades and your opponent needs to not have focus modifications mm-hmm. um and you kept your evade you didn't spend and it you kept your evade, correct um i like the lone wolf and the concussion missile because if she does get ignored which in most games she just does right um she has the ability to you know throw that lock out there and threaten with a concussion missile. And if your opponent does go after her, she still has force. She still has the lone wolf reroll. Um, and the lone wolf reroll helps her uh, spend her force more often um, than just like simply evading. Um, so, I mean, I mean, in order to fly her 
with the lone wolf though you do need to fly her sort of as a flanker mm-hmm. and more of a more of a side objective rather than her diving for the center objective like on scramble or salvage you have you run her along one of the sides um where she grabs one of those middle uh those ones towards the center and then she turns in for the fight uh so it's a different play style uh i think the ceiling on lone wolf concussion is much higher for both damage output and i mean like obviously the evade is better than lone wolf for survival but i like the lone wolf because on defense you know if your opponent just rolls one hit into you and you roll like two evades and two blanks you still have the opportunity where it's like all right if there's no other shot coming in i can just lone wolf this here and just maybe get the eyeball and now i can start side slipping again I, Um, i agree with that so i like i i highly suggest people to try it out uh over juke like just a couple times uh but like i understand like like juke is a very safe option and in a four ship list being safe is a very important like thing to understand like you cannot take a risk of you know throwing Keo out on the side assuming that she's going to be okay uh and then like you know a kylo ren just dies on her and she's gone right Mm -hmm. um and so just her like and having the evade every turn is fine i just like the, the option where you know if she does get ignored she has the lock and her defense is not terrible uh because lone wolf helps to cover uh where the evade is missing yeah yeah well i i like that build just because i think that as this this list keeps showing up all the time and probably now at everyone's local tournaments as well and i think people are going to start figuring it out um how they're going to have a lot of practice playing against this list and i i think that this list we're going to start seeing han go a lot sooner uh, people are figuring out to to dive on han and i uh, i think you're going to need more like that three dice gun and more offensive output from the other pieces just anyway mm-hmm. as this goes forward so i think that's great um yeah i i think for like four like three and four ship lists i think they're sh- like players should look into getting lone wolf into their list mm-hmm. um because I like I think for at three points it is probably one of the like best value cards like in, in terms of generic upgrades. I think Lone Wolf is like in every single three and four ship list that I have, just yeah. because like a, like a like a reroll is big, and especially if you can put it on a piece that just wants to go do its own thing, like different than everyone else, you can do that. Like I like I throw Lone Wolf on Von Reg just because I want to sit him off in a corner. He'll shoot range three shots in, and when he dives in, he needs to. Then, you know, like, if he's diving in, like, he's on the attack. He's not, you know, having to protect himself. He doesn't need the lone wolf for defense. He's just going to lock focus anyway, and he's just going to keep shooting. Um, But the lone wolf is there for when he's on an island. He is at his best. Man, Keo Venzi with Juke really triggered you into the lone wolf debate, but I agree with you. I think Lone Wolf is definitely better. Man, I, I, I I agree that it's the probably the, it is the best generic upgrade in the game right now. It's better. It's the new elusive, and it's better than elusive. Just got to be far enough away. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it, it's a great boon for those four ship lists too, because because we start seeing everything stripped to to five lists. So it's more important that four ship listening have that yeah uh, chance and ability. Yep, yeah. Lone Wolf definitely better on in yeah. lists that have less than five ship for sure. Yeah. We'll do chances list here. Another yeah, short list. Yeah, trains Crawford uh, with uh, Kylo Ren, proton torpedoes, advanced optics, fanatical, and instinctive aim. Another silence for Kylo. It's, a, it's amazing. It's, I love it. In in top four. So 
Yeah. Where's the whispers? Where'd they go? Yeah, right. Yeah, people. Silencer Kylo is but seven points still or six? He's seven. So he's yeah. still seven. Yeah, it's not cheap. Uh, but we got Lieutenant LeHughes making an appearance, which I'm always excited to see. Big fan of LeHughes. Uh, with Special Forces Gunner, Barrage Rockets, and mm-hmm. Marksmanship. And then we have Commander Malaris with Cluster Missiles this time. Uh, well, actually, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and then Scorch with uh, Fanatical and Crack Shot. And then DT798 with uh, Deuterium a- Power Cells. A.K.A. Borch. That's how I call DT Borch because it's like Scorch, but just it's different ability. It's slightly why different. Not, why not just call him Dorch or Torch? We'll use one of his initials. Yeah. Because Borch is just is, is lazy. <laughs> I would just <laughs> <is> why I did. <laughs> Dorch makes more sense because it's different Scorch. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah it's good. the other variety. But With you know, regen. It's, that's so interesting. Deteriorate yeah. power cells allows you to regen more non-locked. The, the three musketeers with uh, Mauer, Scorch, and DT. So I was good to see them together. Two lists in the top four of Swiss with Silencer Kylos, seven point Kylos, which is cool with Brodorps. Um, Crispy, are you a Commander Malaris with cluster missiles kind of guy these days, or are you a Magpulse Warheads kind of guy? Uh, it depends on how many whispers you have on your list. Okay. <laughs> if you if you ha- if you have whispers in your list, it's you cluster missiles. You don't need Magpulse. If you have, if you sorry, if you don't have whispers. You need the jam. You're taking magpuls. Yeah, right, let's mean, say I, you don't. I've been more up on just magpuls, especially for. I mean, it's just it's great in yeah, even in the crates game, like just to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's enticing to be able to double tap with the cluster missile, get that second shot, and have the conversions with Mallory's ability. But um, yeah, it does depend on the list you're building around commander yeah. Mallory. also i mean i like the mag pulse that you can keep it at range one to three and it's just you always have a three dice gun mm-hmm. yeah um real quick looking through the rest of these is a lot of rebels a couple more resistance and some empire i just wanted to give a shout out to duncan everybody knows duncan howard who is number five here in swiss who actually flew adi galia so he was playing a republicist with just two arc 170s wolf and oddball but he had adi galia with clt chopper and Debris Gambit, as well as Delta 7B Anakin with Predator R4P17 and Shield Upgrade. So uh, there are a few versions of Republic List that are kind of sneaking in uh, as as viable, and they include Delta 7B Anakin, is what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. But Adi Galia is, is a sight for sore eyes because we don't see Adi Galia. When, when Adi Galia came out, Adi Galia wasn't getting played much at all. So Yeah, but um, only three FO lists on Friday and two of them made top four. Yeah, that's also impressive. Very FO good. remains strong at one Worlds, and it's still up there as a top competitive faction. It's not. It's certainly not Rebels or, or uh, uh, Republic, but it's right there next to Resistance. Is like kind of on the cusp of being near at the top there. So still very good, and you could still win it all with it. It seems. Um, I'm gonna jump into Saturday real quick, and we'll just see real quick what the. Uh, the most exciting part about Saturday we'll get to is their number four uh, in Swiss, but we'll start with the top who went undefeated here. We have, is this D D I H X wing that I read that correctly uh, playing empire. So undefeated in Swiss on the Saturday uh, Swiss heat playing Lieutenant Laurier with crack shot and targeting computer major rhymer in the tie bomber with sat salvo barrage seismics and delayed fuses Captain Jonas with Sat Salvo, Barrage Rockets, and Bombla Generator. 
Tomax Bren looks like this is the new Tomax Bren uh, because he doesn't have any upgrades. It must be the standardized Tomax Bren that just came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rear Admiral Chirinu. I have to. You guys have to remind me what is on Tomax. It's been a second. We did our last episode on the bombers. Um, but Rear Admiral Chirinu had Ruthless, Death Troopers, Darth Vader, Agile Gunner, and Baffle and Dauntless title. I think Tomax has plasma torpedoes and a couple other yeah, things. Yeah, uh, he's the one that throws uh, his bombs too. I think. I don't think. I, want, I don't think no, Tomax. That, no, I think that's Deathfire and Jonas that both do that. Uh, Tomax has um, True Grit. Uh, the new talent where he can, at the end of the activation phase, remove a non-lock red or orange token to gain a strength. Uh, he has plasma torps, and he has ion bombs, and he has the new ability where after he barrel rolls, he can spend two charges, one recurring, uh, in order to get a focus token. So he there is a go. self-contained I-5 double modded plasma for three points, which is why you bring him. It's yeah, focus three points. You spend the two charges, you get a focus. Okay, got it. So he, he can yeah. barrel roll into red lock and then spend the charges to get the focus token. So this list is basically just a web of sad times if you get caught in these firing arcs. Um, Rear Admiral Chirinu is not going to go down fast. Lorir is slippery. And then you have the bombers doing what they do with the rerolls with Jonas, the barrage rocket saturation salvo combo, which has been proven to be incredibly good. Might not be the best. I think people maybe are overestimating it a little, but still it's very good. Uh, and then Tomax, the new Tomax with the, the double modded plasma opportunities, very good against uh, Arc 170s, another one agility show. So, uh, next we had Winant. Shout out to Winant Cohort, uh, who actually just followed us today on Twitch, which is kind of funny. Um, so he, he brought Rebels. He's number two in Swiss. He brought Han with uh, Trick Shot, Perceptive Copilot, Bistand, and Falcon Title. Boy Luke, Wedge in the A Wing with Marksmanship Predator, Keo. Again, here with Juke and Sabine in the TIE Fighter, that two-point filler with Beskar reinforced plating. Um, so uh, another Han variant, Trickshot. I think, you know, some people debate on if Trickshot is, is, is worth it. depends on how you like to fly Han. I mean, Trickshot is, is a great upgrade. Uh, but if he's taking a lot of range three shots, he's probably not able to double tap as much because ships are farther away from him. Um, but it's a good list. Do you guys have you know any input on this version of the Re- Rebel Han list? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, went uh, went undefeated, which is great. Uh, and and this is this is the version that I think is better at scenario objectives. Um, it has a, a couple more pieces that are are a little more durable, so like less fragile than some of like the Fenrau stuff out there. Um, but uh, I think that that this is still a, a a great version of the list that is very hard to to kill and deal with yeah i like fen Rao. i thought i, I was kind of i was kind of off on him for the longest time but uh because he does he doesn't feel as awesome as scum fen Rao, but i he's, yeah he's i good. i like fen and honestly i think that if if you see a lot of of this list this version of it i would rather have the fen Rao version on my side of the table because i think that mm-hmm. is is designed to counter this version of han yeah yeah absolutely the, um because the standard build we're seeing on Fenrao, I believe, is Predator, Crack Shot, Beskar. Yeah. Um, so, like, that is a self-contained double-modded shot at I-6, where all you got to do is line up a bullseye, and you have focus roll and focus boost to help you land, or boost roll, boost, uh, roll focus, yep. um, to line that up. And then the Crack Shot on top of it. So, for that opening engage, you are getting a monster shot 
Um, and then from there, you can just feel free to disengage and then just be an I-6 in the mid and late game and just clean up other ships. Yep. Uh, go for some initiative snipes. Just be you know, sort of elusive and just wait around for the end of the game. And like Han and Luke will do most of the battering um, throughout the early and mid stages of the game. And all you got to do is just leave Fen around to the end game and he'll zip around and go kill anything that needs uh, just a couple damage to go finish it off. Yeah. And, yeah. and this, this version of the list with Luke wedge, you know, Keo and Sabine, Sabine um, wedge is a flanker. And, and then you have Sabine and Keo both are tough to take off the board, uh, especially Sabine with the best car reinforced flanking. Um, and they are really great at getting objectives. So even if you do, you know, take down Han, you could just be behind on points with objectives. And that's what this list excels at. Yeah, hopefully Han doesn't die. But if he does, it's later in the game and you don't care as much. Right. That's, that's the hope. Um, We got number three, got Hogue Leader. I'm going to kind of glance over this one really quickly. No offense to to a great effort. And uh, just because this is a Paul Heaver-esque uh, Republic list that we've and, seen um, a lot of versions of. We've got Anakin, if you listen, Coruscant. Yeah, if you listen to our first episode, we talk about it there. Yeah, we, we talk about it extensively. Uh, Anakin, Siege of Coruscant. Uh, four points, but we got Padme with R4P plasmas, passive sensors, and Daredevil. So not the ProTorp version with just ProTorps and plasma or, and uh, passive. This one's a little different. And then we got the three culprits, the Jag, Wolf, Oddball trio of Arc 170s. Um, what I'm really excited to talk about is the scum list. Number four, Andrew brought a scum list that made day two. He not brought me. Bosk. Not, not that, not, yeah. Andrew, this Andrew was not at Nova. No, brought Bosk with marksmanship and Dead Man Switch. Fen Rao now only six points in the Fang Fighter with Fearless Enduring. Hey, an Enduring sighting. I actually actually have always liked Enduring on Fen uh, and Beskar reinforced plating. So kind of double insurance with those crits. Uh, Joy Rekoff in the Fang now only four points of Fearless and Ion Torps. Cad Solis I have a four point Fang Fighter with Fearless and Beskar reinforced plating, and then a Mandalorian Royal Guard. This is the Fang Fang's out squad besides Boss with Fearless and Beskar reinforced plating. So hey, I think everyone's saying you know Fang fighters don't really have a shot outside of Fen Rao and maybe Bodica. But uh, I mean, hey, this is this is cool. Did well, nice job, Andrew. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, especially for um, for 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 scum as well. Yeah, which when I think of Fangs, I think of scum. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun list, but it is high risk, right? It's wild. It's yeah. wild to see it here, especially with the Mandalorian Royal Guard. Like, uh, I I really liked the uh, like the Clan Wren versions in uh, Clan Wren versions in Rebels yeah, in Rebels, Rebels over the Mandalorian Royal Guard. I mean, I think it's they're still all right. They're I four, um, but man, it's neat. It is. I, I yeah. don't know if I would be able to. I, I don't think I would be able to get uh, four wins out of <laughs> out of it with this list. Like there's there's got to be a high amount of skill yeah. there. He brought it to prove a point, and I think he did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So we'll and we'll just quickly do. We'll just talk about the winner real quick for final day, because the names that we mentioned, they made the top, you know, four, eight overall day two. Um so, uh, Crispy, if you want to talk about Winan's list, congratulations to Winan for winning. Um, we already kind of mentioned it, but maybe why you thought it was good enough to win Nova. 
Um, yeah, so wine with the standard sort of rebel good stuff, Han Luke, Wedge, Key of Sabine. Um, we saw this list rise fairly early on in the points update. And uh, this was sort of what was... Did, did this win sort of another event or like a smaller sort of store championship? Because the list seems like very, very familiar. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the store champs that this list has been featured. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like just like Perkop, Bistan Han um, just is insane value at uh, seven points at I6. Boy Luke being able to double mod that Proton Torp out of the gate. And then Wedge Kyo Sabine uh, doing the chip damage, uh, playing great at all the objective games. Uh, it's just a very consistent uh, list. And it covers all of its bases. And sort of one thing that we saw to rise up to beat it, right, were the arcs. And this is sort of where for the last two World Open qualifiers, uh, LSO and Gen Con, we didn't see anything like this list um, get close to the... I mean, um, Zach Bart made it to the final of Nova. Um with you know a list without han and at lso there were a lot of han lists but the list that ended up winning was the paul heaver uh annie padme and triple arcs and i think for nova we did not see a lot of triple arcs at all um i i think that han just needed the the meta of the triple arcs or at least you know the initial heat of that to die down to come back up or you know everyone sort of overcorrect on the arcs where they're expecting slow ships um, that they can go line up bullseyes on or whatever, you know, like line up bombs or stuff like that. And Han comes back and there are no arcs uh, left for anyone to use that tech on. And yeah. so Han just ends up rolling over a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on, you're right, go ahead. No, you're good. I, I was going to say, I think, you know, Han Han is the, the meta warping ship. And uh, it, if there's nothing to check it, it's it's going to run wild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Winant's a great guy. I've gotten to, to know Winant over the last couple of years. And um, this is, uh, it's just a more fun list than playing. Maybe people are just kind of tired. Like the three arcs is just like, ugh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just the way I think, though. I know some people yeah. don't care how boring I mean, or fun or whatever it is. Um, but Han lists are just more engaging than triple arc lists. So just thinking back to Gen Con, Nick, if you remember, uh, the Sunday, there were 14 of us. There were seven Republic players. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Nova, there were only three out of a top 15. And one of them was Duncan, who was not flying triple arcs. He was flying the four ship version. Right. Uh, but the other two that were there um, were flying something very close to or just were flying um, the the same Paul Heber list. Um, and if I'm looking through here on Roll Better as to who played uh, who played what, I think I think Wind played one of those lists, one of those Republic lists to make it to the top. Yeah, he ended up playing uh, uh, Hayden in the top four. So the the Han list still can beat the arcs. It's just generally you um, 
over a long period of games, if you're having to play like arcs like every other game, uh, you will fall once because you you may get a bad scenario matchup. You may get, go up against yeah. a good player um, mm-hmm. who just knows how to fly the arcs and knows how to get around Han where they're going to be able to put you down. But if there's just not, you know, many arcs out there, you're just more likely to dodge them and get those better matchups for you uh, to get up to the top. Um, and I think that, you know, we can sort of see the reverse, um, right? Cause we had Andrew who made it to Sunday with the scum list. Uh, he did not play rebels, uh, during his heat. And then he played two rebel lists, uh, on Sunday and lost to both. Yeah. Of them. Yeah. When rebels have the text to punch, uh, fangs in the face. Cause Han can just fly away from them and never give them Concordia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think uh, it, it having less ARC-170 is that, you know, what kind of response is that in terms of I think it's probably a combination of people trying to anticipate what people are teching against. Mm-hmm. A part of it is probably their disinterest in playing something like that continuously because it's very boring. Um, I, I, and, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's also little openings that we're seeing with resistance now coming through, kind of punching through. First order making a good appearance too. As well. I was going to say that I don't think Repu- I don't think the Republic list is boring. I think that it's um, oh, it's so it's, boring. It, okay, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's boring. I think that it's it's actually finicky and and it's a pretty high skill ceiling because if if you're bringing the Republic list and you're not going up against Han, you could be in a world of hurt. You have to completely rethink like how you fly that list, and and if if you are flying that against Han too, like. Um, you know, Paul Heaver's talked a lot about this. It is you, you got to be on point from turn zero. You have to set up your obstacles in the right way. The Han player also has to take the bait on those obstacles and you have to be on point with how you're flying them. They're very easy to have your arcs bump into each other. They're that's um, the big one is running. I mean, yeah, right. Um, but that's that's huge. That's one mistake that can end your whole game. So I mean I think that I think that there's a skill ceiling to that republic list that is also makes it a little more preventative for for people to be taking it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I I don't I don't really I don't agree with everything you said, but I agree that it can you can't just bring it without any knowledge of setting up and and formation. Yeah. flying. Um I just I just think that there are lists that have, you know, more than that have just different ships and different initiatives are just more interesting to me, but that's my opinion. Um, and we all have them. Um, yeah. yeah. So any final words on Nova, um, crispy in terms of the meta then when you won a year ago versus now, which, which one do you say you would, which one would you, you know, maybe say you prefer, um, not the one with Jeff bombers. Okay. Yeah. Like I, 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 I liked it. I, I liked that meta a lot because it was what I had. It was it was mm. the list that I had made and people were copying it and it was just running over people and then Chaff and Proxy Mines got nerfed to hell. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I remember <laughs> sure flying in it and it's just like every game you just you had to think about elect, like, okay, where are they going to put that electro trap cloud? And it's all and your it fault, Crispy. It wasn't just <laughs> yeah. FO though. Like any ship that could take electro chaff had it. Um, I was flying electro chaff and empire. Um, and I mean, it was just, you had to anticipate it. 
like yep. in every game yeah and it's very hard to anticipate the system phase boost into the skilled bombardier launch oh um, god yeah because yeah. because that that covers a lot of ground um so no it's uh yeah no I, I i think that this meta is fairly healthy outside of scum sort of just being left to die yeah i think that they have hope i i so my sister plays scum and right now like we are on a mission to get her a world's invite through a store champ we've got i think two more opportunities um okay like, we, we, we've we've, yeah. we've got a scum list for her like i think it's really good i like i like i genuinely think that it can win um and right now it's just sort of training on that and like I like I've been watching some of her games and just she's losing on like minor mistakes or just like these uh, 50-50 calls that, you know, she, you know, it could have gone either way. And it was yeah, just, you, you know, just you get on the wrong side of it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's we're, we're working on it. I think that she's got a good shot at it. Um, so I think that there is some hope. It's just very, very difficult to come by. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get an invite, just like just go to another faction. It's like way easier. Yeah, <laughs> too bad for the diehard scum players, but don't worry. I think I think they'll they'll get a little more love. Hopefully it's it's soon. it's moving in the right direction. Like I was really happy that some of the top end stuff came down in the last points update. I think that was really needed. I think that things are playable again, which bef- like before mm-hmm. the last points update they were not. Um, yeah, so hopefully it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a hard faction to balance just because each individual piece is it's a so 2.0 faction. Good. It's such it a is. faction. It's built for mm-hmm. 2.0. It was it, so good at 2.0. It's like, I, oh. I feel like it's just it's hard to balance when like the individual pieces are are so good um, because it's a it's an, a faction that it could be broken so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so. Moving on to the kind of the tail end of our show here tonight, um, just wanted to address, we had a question from our audience, Drew Bishop-Sai, good friend of mine from California. We hang out pretty often whenever I go back home and play X-Wing together. Um, he asks, I know we have little say in whether or not we get new scenarios, but with what we've had so far, are we used uh, and are used to, I'm going to rephrase that for editing purposes, Andrew, I'm going to say yeah. it again. Yeah, go for it. Uh, he says, I know we have little say in whether or not we get new scenarios, but with what we've had so far now and are used to, are there other scenario ideas that you guys have um, ideas for? Do you have ideas for new scenarios? Um, loaded question. I love it. I think the challenge is for us to not go on for 20, 30 minutes each talking yeah. about this, but I'm going to throw it over to you, Andrew, first, what your, you know, maybe first. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go quickly. Uh, so, I mean, I, I still save all of the 1.0 scenarios uh, that came with, like, the ships. Uh, uh, and so I like to break those out every once in a while and, and play with those. I love the idea of asymmetrical scenarios. Um, it's kind of stuff that came out even with the new Child of Mandalore, where, um, you know, one side is, like, an aggressor, one side's a defender. And um, so it, it, it tends, it can lend to different ways of building ships and lists when you're when you're playing scenarios and if you can have some of that it's hard i i think it might be hard to balance for a tournament setting but um something with a little bit of that that asymmetry can 
wildly change how you approach X-Wing and add uh, a different skill level um, because you might have a way that you would set up your list if you're if you're playing as someone who's like defending or has to get like a crate or something to the other side of the board um, versus if you're, you know, attacking for trying to prevent someone from getting that crate to the other side of the board. But uh, yeah, I'll throw it to uh, to Crispy. Any any ideas that you would have? Yeah, so one thing that I would like to see is, you know, right now we have all these scenarios that give one point per thing. Like you, you get one point for staying in the center. You get one point for being, uh, you know, ha- like having control of that satellite. Um, you have one mm. point for getting that great. I would like to see scenarios where you work to get chunk points. Um, for mm. example, like you throw out all of the, you know, let's just say that there's like three um uh objective markers and you put them in the center and at the end of the turn you like pull it towards your side right like you do like a two like a two speed maneuver towards your side if you have like the most ships or you like you perform an action and if you get it off your board edge then you get like five points so it's not i'm gonna sit around this thing and i'm gonna get one point every turn it's i'm gonna put a lot of work to get a lot of chunk points and the work may pay off. It may not. If my opponent's able to stop me, then I did all that work for nothing. Yeah. But once I get those points, that is points that my opponent can now not like now they can't get right. Like, um, like I've taken this scenario, like I've taken this objective marker off the board. It is my points and my opponent will get nothing from it. Yeah. I mean, or even like, you know, like tug of war, like if you Mm. get to the end of the game that like, if the scenario is like on your side of the, but yeah, no, there, there's a lot of cool ways you can do with that. That's neat. Yeah, I so, you know, from our conversation that we had the pleasure of having with with Atomic Mass Games and them talking about current scenarios and their plans for future scenarios, you know, they they added scenarios because they wanted there to be another layer of the engagement phase and and, and what you're you're going after and an, an alternate win condition as well for people who maybe get diced or just, you know, they're going up against the odds. Right. Um, so. The idea that you have crispy where it's like you're you're taking you're running away to deposit points and come back, I think you know it challenges. I'm not saying I I dislike it or I think there is anything wrong with it, but it challenges Atomic Mass Games' idea of keeping people literally engaging with each other's lists mm-hmm. and kind of going towards each other and going head to head. And in a lot of cases, people just jousting these days. Not you know, always, but that's what some people resort to. So it's very much contradictory to what you know we've seen so far but i'm open to that it's not necessarily you know a, a bad thing but we don't see anything like that right now um for maybe multitude of reasons i think maybe that one is also one of them the engagement well, thing keeping people engaging with each other well nick how would you do that do you have like an idea for a scenario that that would that would so lead itself my, to doing that my idea is and i don't know how i'm not going to go into how i would implement it because it, it would just get messy for all of our ideas right but I want an idea that in, in, I want one a scenario that introduces randomness that introduces moving objectives. I think that would be really cool if there was one where they drift or they in, get introduced later in the game, maybe by turn two or three. Um, and it's kind of like a variable and dynamic battlefield that you're flying on. It's not so cut and dry. This is where everything is. Only in salvage do we get a scenario where things move constantly because we're getting you know crates are dropped and taken off the board um and put back and all that stuff so i I think it would be really cool um you know when we've streamed 
endless chaos in the past. We've we've moved obstacles around and it's completely changed the way people have dialed in, set their maneuvers and played their game. And it's been really fun. I think it would be really cool to introduce a scenario where things moved around and it wasn't predictable that you didn't exactly know what was going to happen the next round or when they would appear or whatever. Yeah, I just think that would be really cool. No, I mean, yeah, that's that sounds neat. I mean, uh, Child of Mandalore has a little bit uh, like experimenting with that, with like the uh, the the Beskar one. I think you 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 only start with placing like one on the battlefield, and then you place the rest um, uh, with like the with your hyperspace markers. Um, But I think moving obstacles would be interesting. If you had, if there's you no had. like templated way to do it, right? <laughs> but it would, it would be, yeah, it's just it, because it, but I mean, it makes sense, right? They're moving, it's in space, like, it, right. uh, you know, asteroids move. It's like, it would just be, you know, they want realism. There you go. Yeah, they want thematicness. That would be it. Um, yeah, Drew, thank you so much, uh, for asking that question. That was really, really, uh, a great question. And if any That's of you guys one. want to ask us in our Discord, we have a a part of the uh, our Discord dedicated to this show. You can ask us questions and uh, present topics that we talk about here on the podcast. So, Drew, thank you. Um, real quick, before we wrap up, just want to g- give you guys a rundown of upcoming events. Those of you guys looking to play in some big events, Golden State Games, which I will be at, is coming up very soon this month, uh, September 23rd to the 24th in San Francisco, California. And then after that, we've got, uh, we'll be co hosting the Dragonfall charity event. Andrew and I will be streaming that in person in Link, Geneva, Wisconsin on October 7th and 8th. And then shout out to ourselves because we, you got to plug your own store champ. We got the Windy City Trials Turkey Trot store champ on November 18th here in Chicago, Illinois. If you're in the Midwest, come out and say hi. Come out and say hi. Um, uh, last last thing I want to plug is we're still doing our, our fundraiser to help uh, Chris Tanner and his daughter and his family help pay uh, medical bills to help Chris's daughter who is battling cancer. So we just wanted to say that, we, you know, we continue to be with the Planning Phase Syndicate family and Chris specifically. And uh, I appreciate all the generous donations we've gotten so far. We're going to keep it open for a little bit longer. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the episode. And big thank you to Crispy for joining us tonight. We're so happy to have you here. Of and, course, anytime. Yeah. And when we return, we will discuss the meta fallout of the Golden State Games World Open Qualifier that Nick will be attending. So yeah. we'll have some, yeah, we'll have some first, <laughs> uh, firsthand experience from him. And then be sure to follow us on Twitch, where we live stream tons of X-Wing, both in person and online, as well as other games. And then check us out on YouTube for edited content. Like us on Facebook for community updates. And if that's not enough uh, self-promo, we also have a Discord. Click on the link in the podcast description for more information on how you can connect with us. We'd love to be chatting with you guys in there. And then until next time for 312 Squadron, I am Andrew Kuba. I'm Nick Sperry. And I'm Crispy. Yeah. Have a great night, everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>